Hey, what's going on, people? It's Jay Good at StraightOutTheDan.com. I would like to welcome you to the Straight Out The Dan podcast. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by the good folks over at Lander. Based in Montreal, Canada, Lander is the world's first intelligent drag-and-drop instant mastering service by Mixed Genius. So look, just for being a listener to this podcast, what we're going to do is give you a free trial. All you got to do is go to Lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. Go there. You're going to get a free trial. There's two free MP3s of your master. Um, just, you know, go around on the site play with it check it out let me know what you think you can tweet me at straight out the den and also uh tweet lander let them know that straight out the den's um, straight out the dance century. I can't even say my own name right today. Uh, but yeah, but definitely uh, today's episode, man, um, you know, we've been going into this this series of, of management and um, it's been a great series. Uh, the feedback has been tremendous um, and, and wonderful feedback from all of you guys on it, talking about the different things. And, um, you know, the first part of it was just, you know, really breaking down exactly the role of a manager and what a manager does and, you know, the, the, the who, what, when, where, and how, and all of that. And, uh, last week, um, we got into, you know, seeing if you had the opportunity to self-management and, you know, just trying to figure out, well, how do you self-management? And really, it, it really broke down to just time management. And if you can figure out how to you know, properly manage your time, um, you can be an effective manager. So that, that was a couple of the things that we went over. Um, and we do want to continue that series. We do have a special guest that's going to be in the building uh, with us to finish that. But we're not going to go into that episode uh, just yet. Um, I, I had an episode a couple of weeks ago. I had the opportunity to go to Birmingham uh, for the Secret Stages Festival and um, I had a chance to talk with a couple of MCs uh, down there. And uh, one by being um, Eugenius and uh, also No Sir Foster and, um, you know, we sat down and we had a, a dope conversation that was backstage. Um, and, and I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to hear that conversation because the things that we talked about was very um, vital and I think can really help out, you know, any indie artist that's um, in their same position. Um, Eugenius put on like a 30 minute set. And any of you guys that follow me know that I've always said, you know, a 30 minute set is a long time. You know, to be on stage and nobody knows you, but um, he actually did some creative things that kept our attention the whole time. And, and so I, I definitely want to get into that part of the conversation shortly. But I want to take the time out today to really um, answer questions. You know, um, I haven't took out a lot of time to do that. And I know I've been promising you guys that. So today I wanted to just really focus on seeing if I can answer as many questions as possible before we get into that portion of the podcast um, so you guys can hear my conversation with Eugenius. Um, there's some very dope questions that's already come in, and, and I want to get to as many of those as possible. Um, and, and I'm also going to try to get some stuff going on Periscope Live also, and, and hopefully we can get some questions coming off of Periscope. So if you guys can kind of bear with me, and yeah, if you're on Periscope, Follow me at Straight Out the Den. It's S-T-R, the number eight, O-U-T-D-A-D-E-N. Um, and, and, you know, just want to take the opportunity to kind of expand and um, get as much information out to the people as possible. But I want this thing to be transparent. I know that we're coming out here with different topics and, and you know, you guys are enjoying those topics. But, you know, some of those topics, I want to come directly from you. Um, and, and so I thought, what better way to do that than just simply ask you guys to, ask, you know, ask questions and um, I'll, you know, answer them live here on, on air. And if it's something that I don't know, trust me, I'm quick to tell you, like, uh, I don't know the answer to that. So, you know, um, I, I definitely want to get the opportunity to do that. 
that. And, and definitely, I'll shout you guys out. Um, you send me your social media. I don't have a problem, um, you know, sharing that love if you guys are showing the love back here on the podcast. So um, we're definitely going to get into some of those questions. I'm actually trying to set up this Periscope as we speak. Um, I'm in here working solo today. I don't have any um, interns in the building or anything like that. So uh, if you guys can bear with me while I type and try to talk. Um, those that know me personally know I have a hard time doing the multitasking uh, type thing. So uh, you may hear some brief silence. That's just me typing on the Periscope um, and, and, you know, just trying to get things together. But I'm taking live questions on the podcast um, right now. So let's see what happens here. So here we go. Um, oh, there we go. I had to make sure I got it right. So we're live on Periscope right now. Uh, so if you guys have questions, uh, feel free to send me those. Um like I said, we're, we're going to get some, some of these other questions asked. Uh, we had a couple of people hit us up on Twitter, so I want to make sure that I get through all of those questions as well. Um, let's see here. So the first question that came through was from um, CJ on um, Twitter. His his uh, Twitter handle is uh, Lord Have Mercy, L-O-R-D-H-A-M Mercy, uh, spelled out. And um, he wanted to know, uh, does hip hop have any responsibility to address matters such as Black Lives Matter um, in his music? All right. So, you know, to answer your question, bro, um, and, and what's going on, um, Art by Odell hit us up on Periscope. Uh, but to answer your question, uh, CJ, it's, it's like this. Uh, the way that I view hip hop is that we are like news reporters, right? So um, we're reporting the news. We're reporting exactly what's going on. And, and so to answer your question, do we have a responsibility in hip hop? Yes, we do. Now, whether you're you're an, an artist that, that's rapping, um, you have that opportunity to, to answer those questions um, through your music. If you're somebody like me that's, you know, dealing with media and, um, you know, have a podcast or if I'm on a TV show or something of that nature, then I have the responsibility to address it. Now, um, with that responsibility comes, you know, a, a lot that can come with that. So the main thing that you have to remember is that, yes, you do have that responsibility to speak on it. However, your goal should be to speak honestly and, and know that you may be criticized for what you say on, on those subjects. You know, um, Black Lives Matter is, is an important movement and, and it's something that's been going on um, for quite some time now and that, that we all as Americans should be engaged in. Um, but hip hop, to, to answer your question specifically, yes, hip hop should be involved. And, and you use whatever platform you have to speak to the people. And, and that's really what it's all about, using your platform to do the right things. You know, um, if you have something to say, then you should tell the people um, and address it and address it appropriately, you know, um, and, and make sure you get your thoughts gathered. And, um, you know, even if you have to do the proper research, make sure you have those that research done, and then um, go out and, and answer those questions. So uh, thank you for that question, um, Lord. That's uh, CJ. His, his uh, Twitter is uh, Lord Have Mercy. That's L-O-R-D. D-H-A-M-M-E-R-C-Y. Um, got another question from uh, the homie Rod McCoy. Uh, his Twitter is um, at H, excuse me, A-H-E-C-E-O. Um, he, he wanted to know what are viable uh, means of quality exposure for an indie artist? Um, man, that's a very, very good question. And that's that's almost a podcast in itself, man, to be honest with you. But um, to really break that down, I, I, I would say this. 
there are a lot of things that you can do. And you also added on that. The second part is like um, to uh, pay to play. Um, is it a working method? Now, in my opinion, yes, it is a working method, but it does depend on your audience. Now, if you're going for an audience that that's um, very broad and, and you know, uh, there, there's many people that that's there to listen to your music and you're kind of paying to play, that might not be um, your best bet because you're actually just throwing money out there in the pool of people hoping that somebody in that pool will like your music and go for it. My thing is I, I, I'm more so about doing more like guerrilla marketing tactics and also um, just being very strategic. So, you know, you guys heard me say this over and over and, and I, and I said over and over because I want to really drill that point home that really look at your analytics, you know, look at the numbers that you have. If you're somebody that has, you know, 5,000 followers, look at those 5,000 followers, find out exactly where those 5,000 followers are. You know, if there's somebody, um, if they're in, in Tennessee and say that you're an Atlanta artist, right? And you have 5,000 fans. And if a thousand of your fans are in Tennessee, then you should be doing shows in Tennessee. There, There's no excuse for you not to go to Tennessee to actually um, perform and, and, and see those people. It, it doesn't make sense. It's like you, you're, you're going, you see that everybody's in Tennessee that, that rocks with you and you're trying to get to New York to do shows. Why? What's the point of that? If you don't have any fans in New York, go where your fans are. So to answer your question, man, like I, I think the, the best way to get exposure as an indie artist is number one, know your audience. If you know your audience, then you know the different ways that you can do. I'm all about guerrilla marketing, man, and just really getting out there and attacking the people. Um, a, a good friend of mine and, and, and a co-host um, of the Good Hennessy show, uh, Jimmy Hennessy, like uh, about a year or so ago, man, he told me it was like, Jay, man, what you're doing is great. But, bro, you got to get out there and touch the people. You got to get out there on the pavement and pound the pavement and really get to know these people. And, you know, like I said, it was maybe a year, probably more more so going on two years now. Um, but when he told me that it just clicked, it was like, man, I was doing so much work on the computer and trying to get out and reach the people via social media, which that's, there's nothing wrong with social media. Um, you, you have to reach the people some kind of way. But I forgot about actually going out and talking to people. Um, and, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm in the streets now, man. But like a couple of years ago, I was not in the streets. Um, and, and you guys, if you guys hear me talk, I'm actually live on Periscope right now answering questions also. So um, it's going to sound kind of crazy when you guys are listening to this on the podcast. But we're doing something different today. And I wanted to make sure that I, I got the people um, a chance to uh, respond live on some of these questions that, that they're asking. But um, that that's the truth, man. Like I, I wasn't in the streets and, and I wasn't actually going out here touching the people. I was trying to do everything from a keyboard and it just wasn't working. Yeah. Yeah. I built a presence online and that was great. That was good. But it wasn't until I started going out here and going to these shows and going out here and talking to these artists and meeting these artists face to face and them putting a face with the the blog. They're saying like, oh, man, you're you're Jay Good straight out the den, man. Hey, thanks for posting my album. Um, you know, one crazy story that happened last year at A3C. Um, there was this artist uh, by the name of Kersey. Um, shout out to Kersey, man. He, he does some great work out, out there. He's um. Yeah, there, exactly, man. We we met at a um at a networking event. That's crazy. You're you're right, um, Odell. Um, but you know, Kersey, man. I I met Kersey, and um, 
you know, just online and, and, you know, a publicist or somebody sent me his music and, you know, he was just telling me about, you know, I, I really started to vibe to the music and like what he was doing. And I was just showing love. He had a project that came out. I showed support on the project. And, um, you know, I was just happening to be out at A3C. I had on some straight out the den gear and I was just walking around, um, you know, just enjoying the vibes and everything. And this guy, you know, um, came up to me and was like, yo man like um you're are you jay good i was like yeah it's jay good straight out the den he was like dude thank you so much for the support you've been rocking with me for years and you know at the time i didn't really you know put two and two together and then he introduced himself and it was like oh man that's crazy dude like um you know we've really been rocking with each other for a while and you know right then and there we we did a podcast like <laughs> from my car it was the crazy part i had my mini recorder and we did a podcast right there in the car and what's even crazier about that story is that about two or three hours earlier, um, I saw Kersey, but he was actually outside of one of the hotels and, and he was with Jay, all of us, me, him, Jay Electronica, um, um, Premium Pete from the Comeback Jack um, podcast, Knife Wonder. Um, we were all just kind of, you know, sitting outside talking, having a casual conversation. What up the law too? Um, uh, one of the producers and, and, and friends of uh, Jay Electronica. Um, we were just all outside just talking. And Kersey came up just before I knew who he was. He came up with a skateboard. And, you know, Jay Electronica was like, yo, bro, like, let me let me use your skateboard. Let me skate on your skateboard. And um, it's crazy. At the time, I didn't know who Kersey was. I just thought he was just some random kid walking around with a skateboard. And just like that, Jay Electronica was like riding the dude's skateboard and got footage and all of this. It, it was crazy, man. Like some great memories. But all of that to say, um, Rod, I know that question, man, you were just asking about that quality exposure, man. Like, you got to get out there, be with the people, see the people, know exactly the people who um, love your music and, and want your music. And from that point, you know, you can kind of figure out different ways to do it. Like the, as far as pay to play, that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, just be strategic in that, man. Just don't throw a, a lot of money out there and, and think that that's going to work. I would say you really need to do your, your research. If if you know where your fans are, maybe um, do a pay for play in that market. Or, you know, there's a lot of different uh, marketing teams out here and, um, you know, different social networking sites that are retweet your music. And, and they have a huge following. They may have like two or three million followers and them doing a simple retweet. Um will give you, you know, maybe two or 3,000 plays. And, and that's great. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you just got to know how to leverage that. So, you know, you, you got to know that, hey, those 3,000 people listening to your music, they may hear your music for the first time. They and, and they may love it, but you got to make sure you have something to follow up because what's going to guarantee that they're going to keep listening um, after they heard the song one time. So um, pay for play, nothing wrong with it. Just make sure that you're strategic with it. Don't just go out there and throw money um, in a big pool and hope that, you know, somebody's going to hear your music. It's all about repetition, man. Like if you're out there and you're going to start that method, then you got to be prepared to finish it because you may have to keep following up and keep paying to get, you know, in rotation and, and stuff like that. So just kind of be, you know, um, that, you know, look at that a little bit deeper. Don't be so quick to throw that money out there. I would rather you use that same money that you're going to spend um, for a pay for play um, and maybe start using that money to put on different shows and, and um, you know, around figure out, like I said, once again, figure out where your audience is and go there and put on the show. Um, use that money that way and, and kind of build that way and have more of an organic, um, you know, um, following. Um, and, and, you know, you, you don't want to forget about the 
you know, the creating the, that music for the people, going out there doing shows, um, shaking hands, kissing babies, all of that stuff. And ask them, you know, what songs you guys want to hear from me? What do you like? What don't you like? You know, you really got to touch those people because they'll, those 500 people that you really found that rock with you, man, can really sustain your career for a long time if you really, you know, do the right thing. So, um, yeah, Rod, uh, let's see. Do we have any other questions? Um uh, I had one here off of Facebook, and this person wants me to keep them anonymous. Uh, I don't know why, but they wanted to know, um, should I focus on making hit records? Um, it's kind of, that's yes and no. Um, I, I would say, in my personal opinion, you can't force a hit record you know what i mean it when when you try to force making a hit record it sounds like you force making a hit record and nine times out of ten if you're you're trying to make a hit record that means that you're listening to a lot of stuff that's on the radio right now um and that that's a very good question i'll, I'll get into that um in just a second but you know you're listening to what's on the radio and you're listening to um other people as opposed to just you know living the music and, and really finding out what what's you know great in your opinion and, and really rocking with what you truly love and the music that you truly you know want to create so what i would say is um when it comes to a hit you should like like and we had somebody here on periscope uh art by odell asked like you know what defines a hit record well it's it's subjective, man. And in my opinion, what defines a hit record is something that the masses, the you know, the a group, a large group of people, um, they gravitate towards. They love that record so much so that they're they're willing to go out and request that record. They're going out and playing that record. They're going out buying that record. They're telling everybody about that record until the point where it becomes you know a huge record. Now. We're, we're talking about chart topping and all of that. And that that's kind of far down the road. That takes real money, um, you know, to make a hit record. And that, that's something that people don't want to talk about. But the truth is, if you really want a, a, a hit record to organically grow, then I guarantee that there's a couple of, you know, maybe twenty to thirty thousand dollars that you don't know about that's been put into that record um, to kind of help make it is what it is. If you're taking the traditional strip club route that a lot of artists do here in the city um, of Atlanta, then you're going to a strip club. You, you may be going like doing a strip club tour. Um, you're going to these different places and, and you're shooting the DJs, you know, a little money to play the record. And then when the record is played, then you are. You know, once that record is played, then what's happening is you're actually going out there and you're throwing money up um, in, in the strip clubs and making these. You're, you're creating you're almost creating a, a an event or a memorable moment, um, which is something that I definitely want to talk about. Um, memorable moments is really what defines an artist, man. If you can figure out how to create a memorable moment and tie it with your music, then you will eventually um become one of those artists that stick in people's head and they won't forget you. You you, you got to think about it. There are so many memorable moments that, that I have, but I tell the story all the time. The Outcast story, when I met Outcast when I was in middle school, that was a memorable moment for me. It was a moment that stuck with me so much that I'm a huge Outcast fan to this day and nothing will change that. It's creating memorable moments like 
me actually when you're putting a time stamp on things and you can really see exactly when something happened and you can think back on when that happened that's creating a memorable moment so uh that's what's happening in the strip clubs man when when artists are you know paying the djs or you know having a relationship quote unquote with a dj and um you know when that song comes on they're they're throwing money and which of course the dancers are dancing harder they're they're making money everybody else is looking like man they throwing all the money let me get into to the action so it becomes like this big thing and you got to think if you come there and do that every night then it sticks in people's head that like oh man this is a money making song when this song comes on the strippers know that we're going to make money so what they're going to do is start going to the dj saying like hey dj you need to keep playing this record we're making a lot of money here's your kickback and you know and, and it's a cycle and what happens if you go and do that at all of the major strip clubs here in the city, then what happens, you start to, to get some steam bubbling and people are starting to talk about your record. Next thing you know, it's getting played on the radio and so on and so forth. Now, um, something to just kind of get into that. I, I saw an excellent interview with Mr. Collie Park and I, I always, um, when I bring up this model of, of some of the newer artists today that are making, I guess, you know, quote unquote, strip club music, um, what he said was something that was was so great. And I, I'm sure with you guys here on the podcast, but he, what he mentioned was that, you know, the problem is those type of artists, they go in the strip club and, and they, they break their music breaks in the strip club and then they kind of get ahead of themselves in a sense. You know, the one thing that what that's consistent with everything is that numbers don't lie. So you come out, what his model was saying is like, if you're that type of artist, you know, realize that you're that type of artist, number one. And instead of being so quick to sign a deal or to try to put out an album, you should just push your singles and keep going to these different strip clubs and different small clubs and picking up, you know, picking up the quick two or three, three to five grand and just live off the road and instead of putting out an album because you put out an album and then that album comes out and then you you know you do 10 or 15,000 records you know you sell 10 or 15,000 records the first week and all of a sudden everybody that thought you were hot looking like um well you're not that good if you're only selling 15,000 records and then that whole thing wears off you know that that mystique of you being that artist that you know all of you 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 got five singles that's bubbling and you know they're chart toppers and and, you know they're getting played everywhere you can't go anywhere without hearing them um you know you kind of get in that that zone of everybody thinks that you're doing great and you drop that album and the album flops and now you kind of lose your fan base because your fan base that loved you, you know, only want to be attached because you were creating memorable moments. Well, selling 10,000 records is not a memorable moment um, when you're doing it and you're on a major le- um, label. Now, if you're independent and sell 10,000 records, then, hey, by all means, you're doing your job. Um, so that's that. Uh, let's see. We have any more questions. Any more questions coming off Periscope and try to see if I got something else on Facebook. Uh, let's see. Nothing on Facebook now. Maybe something on Twitter. Yeah. Um, should we? How do you define? Hold on, hold on. How do you know when you're? Um, how do you know when the work is truly being done? Um, well, the, the the truth is, the only way to know that the work is truly being done is by you know, once again, numbers don't lie, man. Um, and you know, well, 
numbers can lie. You know, like you say, if you're, if you're buying those numbers and you're buying followers and stuff like that, those numbers can lie. Um, but the truth of the matter is, you know, when you're doing great, when you are actually putting songs out and people are talking about it and you don't have to talk about it. When people are talking about you or your brand or your music and you don't have to kind of put a battery in their back to talk about it, then you know you're doing something right. Um, the best indicator, in my opinion, um, is I, I say this with anybody. If you're doing anything on any platform, if you're an artist selling music, um, if you, you know, if you're if you're a rapper, if you if you're a singer, if you, you know, even if you have a podcast, the one thing I say is put something up for sale and and then you'll figure out who really supports you. That's all you got to do. Just put something up for sale. And, and you know, um, that doesn't necessarily have to be something that, you know, you're charging a huge amount for. It can be something that you're actually, you know, giving away, but you're asking for something in return. You're asking for an email address. You're asking for, you know, something, you, you know, but if you put something up for sale um, for purchase, whether that's music or what whatnot, then you, you'll you get your indicator right then and there, man. Like if you if you have people around you telling you like, man, oh, man, you dope. That's good. I, I love what you're doing. Uh, the music sounds great. Put it up for sale and see if those same people go out and buy your music. You know, what you find out very quick is that people are, are doing a lot of talking and, you know, that's that's fine. Um, that's going to happen. You know, don't let that discourage you. Uh, there, there are some things that you can kind of, you know, do to kind of minimize that. Uh, and, and once again, Periscope is, is a great tool. Um, there was a guy by the name of Will. I mentioned this um, before in, in here, but he, he brought up, you know, the fear of abandonment. That's the reason why um, people don't buy from people. You know, they, they feel that once I buy this, you're going to abandon me. You're only, you know, you're only putting something out there because you want some money. You know, and so what's going to happen as soon as I give you this money? Are you going to disappear? You know, are you going to tell me um, are you going to provide a solution? What's going to happen? And, and so you can kind of take that with any business model, you know, um, but you got to really figure out how to create a winning atmosphere. Number one, around people. And number two, you got to figure out how to be relatable. You know, people want to be you. Um and I'm saying this as an artist, you know, you, you got to figure out how to make people love you and want to be you, but also feel like they can't really do it, if that makes sense. And I know that sound, it sounds kind of crazy, but you, you, you're going to have that. There's one or two things going to happen. You're going to find out very quickly as an artist, you know, people are either going to love you and, and when they love you, they, they want to be just like you. Right. When they love you or they're going to hate you. And when they hate you, they're going to think in their head that I can do whatever this guy or this woman does better. Um, that's what's going to happen as an artist. It, you know, it never fails. You, you fall in between one of those. Um, there, there is absolutely no middle ground. There's no like, oh, people are going to think you're just OK. Like, no, they're either going to love you or they're going to hate you. And if they hate you, they're going to think that they can do your job better than you can. And if they love you, they want to be exactly like you. Um, and that's just it is what it is. You know, so the key is to figure out how to sell to both of those type of people. So if you if you have somebody that that loves you and want to be just like you, then, you know, that seems like, oh, that's an easy sell. Well, that's actually one of the hardest sells because those people love you so much that they're willing to just 
want to hear what you got to say, right? So that means that by any means necessary, they want to hear what you say. So they may be the first ones to click on your SoundCloud. They also may be the first ones to go and illegally download your song just because they want to have it. They feel entitled. They they love you so much that they feel like they got to have it. And you should understand that I need to have it by any means necessary. Now, those people that hate you um, and want to be better than you, a lot of times what they'll do is they're, they're undercover fans. They may not like how you're doing things, but they're going to support you and, and Believe it or not, they're they're probably going to buy the music just to justify if they ever come across and say like, oh, man, the reason why I don't like this and this. And look, man, I even I bought your music and I still don't like it. You know, that that's just one of those things that it, it happens. But the key is to figure out, like I said before, is how to sell to both of those groups of people. In my opinion, the way you sell to people that love you is that you you tap into why they love you. Once you figure out why somebody loves what you do, then you have to feed that part of them. If, if somebody loves what you do because they love the way you talk or they love how you interact with with family or they love how you interact with um, other artists, then you got to sell that part to them. You you you, you got to almost cater a package just to them. And for those people that that don't love you or, you know, that hate you, then you got to figure out how to cater directly to them. You know, that may be with a record that, that talks about, you know, haters. And, you know, when you somebody that hate on things, you hate to be called out. And so you got to call those people out, but you got to figure out how do I call them out creative enough that I don't offend the people that love me. I got to figure out how to do that. And these things here, they, it's not an easy task by, by any means that um, necessary. Like it is hard. And those that master that are, are the ones that are end up being, you know, great sellers. At the end of the day, the end goal is you got to have great product. And if your product is not good, it's going to show you're not going to sell it to anybody, whether they love or hate you. So, you know, it, it comes back down to the product, man. Create a solid product that everyone um, can gravitate towards. It has to be something that's going to stand out, whether that's music, merch or um, or clothing, whatever, you know, whatever it is, you know, it, it has to be something that's going to stand out. So, you know, even if it's a bold color um, for your merch or, you know, if it's if it's, you know, uh, some abrasive artwork. Um, and, and something that's so aggressive, like your aggressive cadences on, on a song or something like that, something that stands out and, and kind of differentiate you from the rest of the pack. You know, all of those things you can kind of, you know, kind of think about. So I know I gave you guys a whole lot. Today was kind of like um, a really a bonus uh, podcast, but I wanted to make sure that I got a chance to talk directly to the people. I wanted to make sure that I'm doing that more. I don't want to talk at you. I know I'm, I'm giving out valuable information. You guys are telling me that. Um, but I still want to make sure that I'm, I'm taking time out to talk directly, you know, with you guys and we can go back and forth. So I, I will be doing this a little bit more often um, where I'm actually streaming Periscope live while I'm recording the podcast just to see if I can get some feedback and questions going um, at the same time. Um, and also just to give people an inside look, people want to know what you're doing. And I want to show people that I'm not just out here, um, you know, rambling on stuff. I'm actually, you know, getting stuff together. I have notes and stuff like that. You guys can see some of the notes there. So um, I'm not just giving you this information just to be giving it to you. So uh, like I said before, um, you know, we do have a, a dope conversation with uh, the homie Eugenius um, coming up. But before I get to that, I got to let you guys know about Lander. Um, you guys heard me talk about them at the top of the episode. Well, hey, they are a sponsor for this podcast. Um, they are the reason why I'm able to continue doing this podcast and, and actually giving you guys this podcast every week um, for free um, just by subscribing on iTunes. So, look, um, 
as a courtesy to them, man, just for being a listen to the podcast, all you got to do is go to lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. Um, you go there. Um, they're going to give you a free trial um, of your mastery. You guys should at this point should know what mastering is. It's one of the most, if not the most important part of the process um, in your music. The recording has to be great. Uh, the mix has to be great. But if you don't put a master on it, you know, somebody listen to it on iTunes and somebody trying to listen to it in a CD player and their car is going to sound different on all of those platforms. You don't want that. You want your music to sound the same, completely the same on everything that they can possibly play it on. So that's what, you know, Lander's doing. They're actually created, um, a very unique process to where it's affordable um, for the person that needs to do that. And, you know, it's directly, in my opinion, it's directly for the indie artist, somebody that's dealing with the minimum budget, but cares about what they're doing, you know. Um, so go and check it out. Let me know what you think. Tweet me at Straight Out the Den once you use it. Um, and tweet Lander. Let them know that, hey, Straight Out the Den told me about you guys. So I would appreciate that, and I'm sure they will too. So and once again, it's Lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. And I also have that in the show notes just in case you guys um, missed that and, and didn't get a chance to um, hear it. So, yeah, man, without further ado, we're going to get into the uh, conversation with Eugenius. Once again, it was backstage uh, during the Secret Stages Festival um, in Birmingham, Alabama. So you will hear some background noise, man. It was backstage. So, you know, there was a lot going on, but uh, you still can hear the conversation, man. So I, for those that are, you know, are used to our good quality on the podcast, that's me ringing my own bell there. there this quality here um, is not what you're used to hearing. Uh, so it will be a little bit different. And uh, but I want to, you know, at least let you guys know that up front, we were backstage and this was a, a very dope conversation that I, I wanted to make sure that you guys had a chance to um, take a listen to. So, yeah, we're getting to that right now. What's going on, man? It's Jay Good at StraightOutTheGen.com. Um, I'm out here in Birmingham, Alabama um, at the, the Secret Stages Festival. Um, got hit up a couple of weeks ago about coming down here, getting here. I see the schedule, and I'm looking at names, trying to see do I recognize anybody. And I saw your name, and I was like, man, his name looked familiar, but I weren't, you know, too familiar with the music. And I was like, man, somebody told me about this guy. And, you know, I started putting pieces out, like, okay, he's from Alabama. Okay, who do I know from Alabama? And I was like, okay, no sir. So I started looking, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's the connection. You know what I'm saying? So genius yeah how you doing bro man i'm doing good man, i'm cool. good. i'm happy you're here bro like hey man no man I, you know i i got the call to come down here so i was like man let me come down here and show love i love everything so far like i, I literally got here about well about two or three hours now i've been down here and um so far so good so before i go any further you just got off stage and still tripping <laughs> i will say this I'm always skeptical of newer artists, or I'll say independent artists, when they have like long sets. Because it's like, man, how do you keep people's attention that for that long when they don't necessarily know all the music? And brother, you got something special. Thank you. Thank you. Because I didn't see now one person in the audience look like they got tired from, from the beginning, everything. I just started seeing everything, and it's like everything was so great. And um, I'm just like, 
how did this brother keep everybody's attention? So I saw, I, I saw the patterns. I was like, okay, so he opened up with something that's familiar to everybody. He kind of weaved that through the whole set. Back and forth with like your stuff, but then put it over some beats that people kind of can vibe with so you can keep their attention. I want to know for you, was that intentional? Yeah, it is. Okay. It so like, is. what was that thought process with like, you know what I'm saying, coming out here performing, doing like, what, your set was like maybe like 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes? Yeah, like 45. 45. 45 minutes. That's a long set, bro, for like, yeah. you know, that's, but that's I love like over the big boys, you know what I mean? I love them, man. Like, yeah. it's, it, it allowed me to say everything I need to say. Absolutely. And, you know, put it exactly how I want it, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, it's almost a full project, you know, you think, you know, we did 11 tracks <laughs> in 45 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. minutes, so. You know, and I'm more of an album style artist. Like I, I, I don't, I don't have the hot single, but okay. I have the the full package when it comes to something you can play from beginning to end. Gotcha. Um, I mean, as far as the performance, you know, I've been performing since I was nine, so it's like I can see that. I I've learned that. the ins and outs of it. I know it's still entertaining. You know, yeah. what I mean, no matter what I'm saying on the song, whether it's good or bad, they still want to see a show. Yeah. Um, if, if, I have to bring them into my world, but first I have to go into their world to get them. Cause you know it's cool to not like somebody. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. How, that's how everybody pushes nowadays. Yeah, so, yeah. That's why we, you know, have the icebreakers in there, or something they're familiar with, something they can jig, because it's already there. We can just build off what they have. You know that's what I mean? smart. That's smart, man. I mean, I, I felt that the whole time, you know. And like I said, I'm not familiar with all the music, but when you left, it's like I'm the type of person where. If I see somebody perform, if I love the performance, it makes everything else just easy for me. It's like, okay, I love what he was doing here. Let me go and get the music, listen to the music. I already know I'm gonna love the music because I love the performance. So now it's just putting two and two together. Let me get familiar with it and let's see if we can go from there. You know what I'm saying? Like I was telling you, um, you know, I forgot your name. Big time. Big time. I was like, man, we gotta get him to Atlanta. Like, we have to. We just, it's just listening to controlling you are the definition of the MC. You control that crowd. Right? Like, they ain't just like selling you on nothing. Like, you really control that crowd. And you had a message above everything. You know what I mean? That's something that it's sad, but it ain't really, you know, it's missing right now. You know yeah, what I mean? I a mean, message and controlling the crowd. You know, that's been a, uh, I mean, as far as controlling the crowd, like that's, that's number one, mm -hmm. I feel like should be number one on every uh, artist priority. Because the music can be great, but, you know, honestly, I mean, I'm not an industry artist. I don't think, you know what I'm saying? I've, I got my feet wet with the industry, but I don't think I'm an industry artist. So, But I know that ain't nobody really making money off CD sales. If you're yeah. signed to a major label, yeah, yeah. it comes from touring and shows. But the only way you're going to have a good repeat fan base is you have to be able to perform. You know what I mean? Like, this is a this is a sport. This is an arena when you step in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. whether it's one person or 1,000 people, you give them that good show. Because that's what they remember. That's what they... Absolutely. That's what they take That's what they take with them, the memories, the feeling, what they saw, you know? Like, yeah, you got it, man. You, you got it. Like, it's, it's on some... It's amazing how many artists I come across that don't understand the importance of a live, adult live show. Like you said, CDs are not selling. You know what I mean? Like, you got... Some people that may be able to move those, but for the most part, it's your shows and your merch and, you know, connecting with the people. Yeah. And it's like, to be able to do that in 45 minutes, let alone being able to do it in 10 minutes, shows a lot. It's like, you come here and do a 45 minute set, that set can go anywhere. Like that one set, you can 
be on tour with anybody and like, hey, I got 45 minutes and here's the proof. Like, right here. You know what I mean? Like, that stuff goes a long way. Definitely, definitely. Um, your influences, man, just as an artist, like, because um, I don't know a lot about you. You know, I'm going to be honest. I don't know a lot about you, but I can tell three things just from seeing your performance. Number one, you're passionate about what you do. Yeah. Number two, you care about the performance. And number three, you know how to control the crowd. So if you can do those three things, then you're good in my book. You know what I mean? So, like, where did those influences come from? You know, those earliest days. You say you've been performing since nine years old. Yeah. You know? so my, like, dad, my dad actually used to be a local artist here. Okay, okay. So, um, as far as the performance, like, short story, long story short, I was nine, I was trying to, my dad was rapping, I was trying to rap. <laughs> he, I begged him, like, listen to me rap, listen to me rap. I rapped, he said it was pretty good, I can get on stage at one of his shows. I got up there, forgot all the words. I swore that would never happen again, so I make, I still know every song from every project I put out, I make it a habit. Like, yeah. Even in the recording process, I make sure that I know it before I record it. So it, it needs to be instilled that much. Um, so performance-wise, you know, it's like a like an influence with it. Um, when I was younger, I liked cats like Buster. I mean, mm -hmm. just because he was so animated, I ain't that animated, but he knew how to put on the show. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because people people come to be entertained. Like that's, that's you can't you can't knock that. Even if your song good, they don't feel entertained. It's, it don't matter. <laughs> they got to be entertained. You're absolutely right on that. You're absolutely right. But um, like uh, as far as the passion, man. Like I said, I've been. I've been doing it for a while, which was crazy. It's actually the first single from the last, from the new project I'm working on. Gotcha, it's called gotcha. Passionate of Genius. Dope, <laughs> 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 you picked up on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, man, I enjoy it, man. Like a lot of people, they they scared. Like they, not a lot of people, but I've seen where a lot of uh, musicians, artists, performers, you know, however you want to label. Um, they, it's a real. It gets nervous. Like like. I'm an adrenaline junkie, like, yeah, even yeah. outside of music, so I, I thrive on it, like, gotcha. I, I love it, man, like, I'm, like, if, if I could define free in one word, mm -hmm. when I'm on that stage, that's free. That's free. Because okay. I got the mic, nobody's going to take it out of my hand, yeah. they're going to have to pry it from there <laughs> to yeah. my time, uh, <laughs> but I enjoy that, I understand the purpose behind it, and, you know. It's an opportunity, man. I'm thankful for it. It's, it's a blessing just to be able to share. Yeah, that's you know dope. That's dope. It's, I don't know what it is, man. It's just something about when artists are truly passionate about what they do. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's be honest, man. We're in a time right now where a lot of people are rapping <laughs> just to get that quick dollar. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Or thinking that they can get that quick dollar. We all find out that's a long road to get that dollar. <laughs> but... You know, a lot of people get in rap just for the money, and then when you, so when you come across an artist that's truly passionate about it, and you can, you know, you can sense the, the true passion is is rare. You know what I mean? It's very rare. Um, for you, what was that moment when you realized, like, man, I really could do this. Like, this is not just a hobby, quote unquote. This is not just me doing what my dad did. Like, I really could do this, man. It's real strange. It's gonna sound weird as hell. Um, all right, now this ain't got nothing to do with it. But have you ever seen um, like Big Crit's video for like uh, Dreaming? Yeah, yeah. Like the janitor. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, all of the time. Yeah. I was like 14. They had this big show that came here. It was called Birmingham versus Atlanta. Oh. And they okay. had like uh, now keep in mind I'm like 14, 15. I 15. I just got my premiere. I ain't got yeah. license. But you know, we lucked up. 
long story short, we end up being like on Birmingham side because some of the Birmingham bigger artists didn't want to do it. And I met the promoter like at one of my football games. He put us on the show. That show flopped. But it was no one in there. It was like a big stadium and it was like seven people. But the fact of being on that stage and like seeing lights, I couldn't see the crowd. I couldn't see nothing in the crowd, no way. Yeah. But not to say I was caught in the lights, but that feeling. It was like, yo, like, I'm in the stadium right now. Yo. Yeah. I can do this with a crowd full of people. <laughs> I can't even see him from up here. I ain't got yeah, nothing yeah. to be scared of. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that was the moment where it was like, you know, and then to think, I'm 15, I'm on the same stage with Rashida, the franchise, yeah. Bone Crushers, which were big artists at the time. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like 2000, you know, five. Yeah, I know, so, yeah, that, that was definitely like huge artists at the time, yeah. You know, so it was, for me, it was, it was amazing, like just yeah. to even touch that same stage. And even local artists that I looked up to then, like MP, he was on that stage. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was a big deal. And, I, and it, it, nobody saw it. Nobody matter. captured on camera, but I remember that. And that was the moment when I was like, I'm finna do this. Like, That's dope, man. It feels too, it feels too good. Yeah, and it was a genuine feeling, too. It, it was, it, yeah, it was. You felt natural in it. It wasn't like... I ain't do it for no chick. I yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all for the love, yeah. Exactly. And that moment was when I was like, okay, ain't no sports. Yeah. Ain't no... <laughs> this is it. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was... Um, the, uh, the the project that you had before you like I think that was like the earlier part of your set. Yeah. What was that project again? Uh, it's called the Roaring Two Thousands mm -hmm. Beauties and the Beast. So okay, you got to explain it. <laughs> That's a lot. It's That's a, a lot. double. Yeah, it's like a double title. Um, okay. Roaring to the Roaring Two Thousands mm -hmm. that describes the sound. Like uh, like I'm Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, but for what I say, it doesn't always, you know, Southern music is not known to carry a lot of content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nor a lot of storytelling in a sense. Yeah. But for the feel of music that I wanted to make during that period, it was like, I was more into funk, jazz, blues, and I wanted to use that sound in rap. Gotcha. So uh, thinking of like a period of music that I actually enjoyed was like the Roaring Twenties. Just even how they lived, you know, like everybody was dressed nicely in the club for the most part. Yeah. They had live bands, they had live instruments, they had like people singing on stage. It wasn't jukebox. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. even jukebox. They had like performances all night. Yeah. They were swing dancing, they was enjoying themselves. Um, but my thing was, how do I create that feel and that sound with today's period? So that's what the Roaring 2000s means gotcha. in the essence. Um, Beauties and the Beast, that's actually a spin on the story of Beauty and the Beast. Okay, but I flipped okay. it to like, like I used to work in nightclubs when I was like 18. Okay. So, you know, I ran into a lot of different types of women. I ain't no player or nothing like yeah. that. Yeah. But, you know. Put that disclaimer out there. Yeah, I have to say that. Uh, yeah. I ain't trying to get choked. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like, you know, you meet all these different types of women. Like, uh, whether it's the hardworking woman who owns the building, yeah. which is a character in the story. How do you treat this older woman with respect? How do you come across someone? Uh, another character in the story is Mrs. Jazzy, Miss Jazzy Bell. Mm -hmm. um, you but, performed though. Yeah, yeah, but like I said, it's, it's a play on words. It's like yeah. a woman with the Jezebel spirit. Gotcha. And then you also have like the beauty, which is beautiful. In, she's beautiful inside and out. But all of these types of women are beautiful in their own way. So that's the idea of beauties and the beast. I'm interacting with all these different types of women. But 
the story is like, man, you know, I could be looked at a certain way, and that may not be who I be. And that's what I'm revealing in the content of the music. Okay. So, I got you. you know, that's Beauties and the Beast. In the Roaring 2000s, it comes into play because that's the actual name of the club where the story takes place in the CD. Oh, man. I got you. So you you doing more conceptual? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I, I won't have a hot single, but I had a full package you making product. People, that's what I'm saying. You make the thing. You know what I'm saying? Look. Don't get me wrong. You, I, I feel you have to learn how to make records. Records. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, but at the end of the day, the artists that have survived are lyricists. Just look at it. I mean, you look at the artists that's been in the game for ten plus years. They're all lyricists. Yeah, you, you don't go down to, the line. You don't have to jump on the wave. You can create. Oh man, you know what I mean? And, and, and I'm all for it. It's, it's all about finding your audience and feed them. Exactly. Too many times, man, we try to, you know, and this is just not in music. This is in, in business and everything. But too many times we try because they're accessible. We think just because there's like, you know, however many people on the planet, I don't know. And we have the internet. We think that we got to reach all of them. Nah. Bro, reach them 5,000 that really rock with you. Like, just talk to them. And and I, heard gonna, you, you know, I heard you make a brilliant statement during the No So interview. That 5,000 can sustain your entire career. And they'll be loyal to the loyal to the soul, as yeah. uh, Kendrick was. <laughs> yeah, for real, they will, man. And it's like that's all you need. Yeah. If you can go, if you can, you think those five thousand people, right? Even if they, if even if it's only fifty in what's that, a thousand markets, or I mean a hundred markets, whatever matter. If you got five thousand fans, you got fifty in a hundred different markets. Then guess what? That's a hundred different markets you need to be serving and making sure those fifty people show up. They're going to bring some more people. And it's just like, I think we just try to think. What's the what's the, what's the quick way out? Absolutely. It's like, bro, serve them 5,000, man. And to them 5,000, turn to 15,000. And then that number change. It's like, I, I, I can go on that all night. It's I know. cool. I mean, but you know, that's just, that's just what it is, though, man. It's like it need to be heard. Like, when has it been cool to buy Twitter followers? You know what I mean? Like, man, bro, I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, as I talk to you, I realize this might have to be a podcast now <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, for real, like buying, buying Twitter followers, buying Facebook followers, buying. That's all. It's like, why? What's the point? It's, it's all imagery, man. It's a facade. Like, That's it. It's the smoke and mirrors, man. And like, you buying those numbers just to make it seem like you got something, but you really don't have it. You ain't tell me you got 10,000 followers on 11 likes. Those, I don't believe those it. Those numbers don't add up. <laughs> those numbers don't add up at all. You should have at least, like, a 10% conversion rate with that run. It's like... Uh, I feel you. Keep I feel you But yeah, that's it. Just keep it honest, man. And if, you know, I think that's the thing. It's that perception. It's, it's that mentality that we have now that we got to have these huge numbers to, to validate ourselves. When, like, you really don't. Like, just rock with those who rock with you and leave it at that. Like, uh, like I've heard you mention my inspirations earlier. Like, one of my favorite artists is mm-hmm. Devin the Dude. Oh, yeah. You ain't going to never hear Devin's song, like, on the radio for real, yeah. outside of his hometown, probably. Uh, you ain't gonna never see his new video on BET, but he lives and travels because he and does music because he has dedicated fans. I'm one of his dedicated fans, you know what I mean? And I ain't trying to trying to be on TMZ, I ain't trying to be on BET, I ain't trying to be on MTV. I'm just trying to do what I love and be comfortable. I don't mind living out the suitcase if I can travel and do music, you know what I'm saying? 
people got to lower the goals they give us. That's Man. that's what we fail. Like industry will tell you, you need this, 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 and this. Absolutely. You don't need none of that shit. You don't. All you need is focus, grind, passion, and purpose. We put, put it like this, right? We can make it very simple. We're in the South. So we know in the South, everything cheaper. Yeah. So here, you can truly survive about twenty to $30,000, anybody. Like, you really can survive down South. So you mean to tell me if I can figure out a way to make twenty to $30,000 a year for music on the road? That just knocked my, my nine to five out of the way. What? You know what I'm saying? Like, I can hit the road, and you're not going to be home anyway because you're going to be on the road. So you I might not even need a home. <laughs> That's what I'm I saw the realest thing ever, man. Like, I think it was J. Cole early on when he was talking about. No, it was Wale. Wale was like, I ain't buy no house. I was like, why? I'm always on the road. Why do I need to buy a house right now? I'm sending money over to, you know, to my family in Nigeria or whatever. It's like, yeah, I might have bought a chain. Cool, but like, I'm not going to buy a house because of me buying a house. I'm not gonna be there. It just, it it just for the sake of me saying I got a house. I just spent three hundred thousand dollars on something I'm never gonna be in. You gonna buy, buy your mama? That was that. Buy somebody who's gonna live. Get home. Man, I'm not gonna be there. So why would I buy a house? Stay in an apartment. Like it's all. It go back to what you said about that perception, man. Like we gotta do do things so big to validate us. Jones like, is real, man. <laughs> real, bro. It's so it's so real. It's like, man, just do you, bro. Somebody, man, I, I forgot who it was. I just saw it recently, too, and that was, like, the hardest. It's, like, the hardest person for somebody else to be is you. It's, like, we, we too busy trying to be somebody else. And it's, like, the hardest thing that somebody can do is try to be, I can't be you, genius. I can't. I, it's just, it's not in me. I can't do it. So, it's, like, if you be yourself, nobody can do that. You being yourself is the most unique thing that you can you ever already do. one to one. Like, no, it's like man, it's it's. Oh no, that's just that's crazy. Well, so look, what's the new project, man? It's called Universal Understanding. Universal Understanding. Yeah, that's a good title. Like, hold on. Genius. Oh, okay. So universal okay. Understanding. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I have to make sure I say that because I always get edited wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got no, you. I mean, I know, man. No, no, but, I got you. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, Universal being like my own universe. Like we got, like you said, you, I can't be you, you yeah. can't be me. We got our own separate world. Absolutely. Um, that's the, that's really like a base idea behind it. Like I have my own world that people don't see beyond the music sometimes. So I'm gonna invite you into my world so that you can actually, you know, get a get a view of what it is that I'm trying to show you. Yeah. Also, I want to make sure that the sound is universal in the sense that if you like boom bap, if you like trap, if you like uh, soul, you like R&B, we got you on this project. It, it isn't made for specific, you know, sub-genre as I call them. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's only hip-hop because I rap. Gotcha. <laughs> rap is my tool though. I'm trying to like I, I look at it more as world music. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, I ain't Bob Marley, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like my music do got a purpose. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. Like it's it's meant to inspire something. Um so yeah, universal and and even the, the theme of the album, uh, not to get too much away, but it's space travel. Like traveling out into the universe but at the same time traveling deep within yourself. So it, it's an interesting journey. 
actually. Yeah. You know, it's, it's another conceptual project. Got you. When, when are we expecting it? September 1st, one month from the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. It's right around the corner. Nope, man, we're looking forward. So, look, I appreciate you sitting down. we behind, well, we backstage of uh, Matthew's Bar and Grill. Matthew's Bar and Grill. Yeah, yeah. Secret stage is 2015. Yeah, man. I appreciate them bringing me out here, man. It's definitely been dope so far. Um, so, yeah, man. You got to get to Atlanta. I think that's the only thing next to no. I'm on the way. <laughs> Look, get up whenever you want. Whenever you want to get up here. I do a show at Pag Lounge every other Saturday. Matter of fact, JB, he performing here tomorrow night. Okay. He actually going to be in Atlanta on the 20th. So, we got the show at Pag on the 20th. So, if you, if you can be there... Let me know. I'll make sure you know get on that show too. So August 20th. August 20th. So cool man, look, bro. I appreciate your time, man. Thank you, man. I've been waiting to meet over time. Hey, man. So I watch that interview like every other day. Man. Hey man, we gotta get up there. Get up there and get your own interview. Speaking of the homie. Hey, what's up to the people? No sort of false. Oh man, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Special, huh? They extend though. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, we, we thought we were about to end, but no sir showed up. Yeah, that's my name. <laughs> yeah. So what you got to say to the people, man? Just just something quick, real to quick. To me? All I got to say to people? Yeah. I got to say that the real is on his way back. You know what I'm saying? That fuck shit is finna die. Mm. That's it. Yeah, and I love y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, cool, man. That was up, man. Hey, man, Jay Gooden straight out the deal, man. We out live uh, backstage at the Secret Stage uh, Festival. And I might just put all these interviews together. I don't know what I'm going to do. This might be a podcast. Who knows? We'll see. To the next time. Hey, if you missed it, shame on you. If you in Birmingham and you missing this, shame on you. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Everybody that say they down with the culture and ain't out here, shame. Get better. I still love y'all, but shame. <laughs> All right, man, that's a bit, man. We are. Oh, use expression. Give us that uh, social media, bro. It's not flick, but use it. On everywhere, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, See, Instagram, yeah, yeah. SoundCloud, yeah, yeah. anywhere you go, it's and I am Eugenius. Spell Eugenius, please. E U G E N I U S. One more time. One more time. One more time. A-N-D-I-A-M-E-U-G-E-N-I-U-S. You going to put yours on that NoSuff? And I am. Uh, yeah, man. I'm Just go to NoSuffAuster.com. I like that site a lot more than social media. You can find all the rest of my <laughs> shit on there. Well played. You know, hey, you know. N-O-S-U-H, NoSuff, Foster, F-O-S-C-E-R.com. All of this shit gonna be on there. LDLR Music. Yep. LDLRmusic.com. That's where we find the whole label shit. And we're gonna be all in y'all ear holes. Yes, sir. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Forever, ever. Forever, ever. <laughs> <laughs>